0: Hello. Hello, hello. And hello. Welcome to Navigating Preteen Ministry. I got to say guys, I am excited. Um mostly because when you're listening to this, I'm probably on the beach right now. But, but that's not everything. That's not everything. I've just got a lot of cool things going on in my life. Um ooh, I got camp coming up in a week. I don't know about you guys, but whew, summers. So, as you guys know, like I'm not I'm not like the newest preteen pastor around. Dude, summer hit like a truck. That came out of nowhere for me. I was not prepared. I did not get the heads up that summer was going to be chaos, okay? So that's it. That's all I have for you guys. talking about summer. It's crazy. I hope you guys are doing good and hanging in. So today I wanted to give a shout out for you guys. um, And that's going to go back to the uh, Kids Matter mega con that's going on in October. If you guys have not signed up for that, go sign up. I just got word I may or may not be recording a live podcast there. So if you want to see the one and only Sam Beam, who you're going to be like, oh, this is the guy I'm listening to? Yep, that's me. You're going to see me there. Um, I would love to meet up with you guys. So register for that. It's in October. Uh, Go onto the Kids Matter website. I'm going to have the link for everything down below, but go register for that. I want to meet some of you guys because you guys are great. Um, And with that, we're going to jump into our story for today. Our story is cool today so um, as you guys know i just said i'm going to camp this summer and i uh, i actually had a surplus of money which you know in the church does not happen much we had some amazing donors who um, actually doubled our budget for camp which was super great but i was stressed because i didn't have anywhere to use it you see What ended up happening is I did not have a single person request financial aid. I didn't have anybody need anything. And it was crazy. I'm thinking coming out of COVID, of course, there's going to be extra people who need financial aid, but none, none at all. And so I'm sitting here thinking these people have donated this money. And it's really difficult for me to have all of this money knowing the people donated to send kids to camp. And I haven't used a drop of it. Um, but coming into the deadline for camp, uh, turning in registration, we actually had a student who stepped out, um, and I was able to reach out to a parent who is just not financially able to send their kid to camp, and they were all in but couldn't. They were worried about the money, um, and I was able to, you know, get her in there, and we we have another student going to camp, and so it's really just cool to see, like, I'm stressed about this money, and I'm worried about it, and the Lord's just Waiting there, like yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. Here we go, here we go. All right, here's your, here's your opportunity. Use the money that's been here so that students can go to camp, right? If I had had other opportunities to use it, then who who knows if I would have had enough for this student to go to camp. So I'm excited that she's coming to camp. Um, I'm excited to get to help the parent out as well. So that's my story, guys. Don't be down, whether it's positive or negative, whether it's too much money or not enough. The Lord will. Provide. So today, I want to jump into the meat of the podcast because I like saying meat of the podcast. Um, so um, it's a little bit more of a Debbie Downer today. I hate to, I hate to bring the mood down. I'm kind of enjoying today, but I wanted to talk about what our preteens are dealing with. If you're listening to this podcast, I assume that you have some vested interest in preteens or kids in general and the reality is that these preteens and these kids that we are either mentoring, ministering to, helping lead or just involved with in general are going through infinitely more than I think we can really grasp and understand. It's so interesting trying to you know, I'm I'm not that far removed. I'm 10 years from preteens. 10 years isn't that long, but In the development of our society and our culture, 10 years is an incredibly large amount of time. And so these preteens are going through things that, I mean, even some of these high schoolers that are graduating around me right now didn't have to deal with. The rise of the smartphone, internet, technology, social standards, social issues, they're all creating this vortex that is funneling into these preteens lives and it's just getting more and more prominent as we go so I wanted to bring up some of these things and you might be aware of these things you might know these things but I want these on your mind and I want them on your plate and I want you guys to start developing game plans for how we can tackle these issues because there's a right way and there's a wrong way okay we cannot ignore these issues we cannot just stand by and let them continue to happen and act like everything's happy and dandy for these preteens by the time I have Uh, fourth, fifth, and sixth grade. By the time these kids are in sixth grade, you can tell society has taken a toll on these kids. They are taking hits every day in school, online, wherever it is. So these kids are taking in a lot. So I'm going to dive in. I've got a few just hot points on some of the things that these uh, preteens are dealing with and some of the stuff is things we have dealt with and some of it is not so the first thing and it's it's something that's you know in the last 50 or 60 years has become more and more prominent is divorce right i you, everybody knows like the statistic of uh okay i said everybody knows i don't exactly know but you know like 50 percent of parents 50 percent of families end in divorce and that is universal okay in the church outside of the church wherever it is divorce is prominent. So chances are, if you've got 10 kids in your ministry, five of them might have gone through a divorce. Five of them might have a stepfather or a stepmother. They might have step-siblings. They might go visit their parents every other weekend, and that's why you don't see them all the time. So we have to be aware of what is going on with these students. And if you look at the statistics, I dove into some statistics this time, guys. To really give you guys a, a the weight of what's going on here is, if you look at it, the, the, these kids and these preteens that are going through divorce they have this great increase in issues right one statistic says that they have they're 50% more prone to mental illnesses and three times more likely to have suicidal thoughts can you imagine 50% more like there these are jarring statistics and so you have to think with our preteens we could, I mean, safely say about half of them are dealing with this. Can you imagine the way? Maybe you can. Maybe you are uh, come from a divorced family or have experienced it closely before and you can understand that. But we as preteen pastors, leaders, whatever, we are tasked with dealing with this. How can we approach divorce with these kids? Uh, Our church has a ministry called Divorce Care for Kids, and it helps walk through parents and kids who are dealing with divorce. How can you as a church help deal with that and help bring down some of those statistics? Um, And and along with the mental health, um, moving into it, that is an issue that is ever increasing in our society. If you haven't noticed, these rates are increasing very rapidly. I've got some statistics here on that that's there's a, a 17% of our kids aged two to eight, which is, you know, right up to our age group, um, have a diagnosed mental behavior or developmental disorder, okay? And it's increasing. The statistics are saying that this is increasing, guys. So, one in six, one in six of your kids may be dealing with something like ADHD or autism, or any other kind of developmental, mental, behavioral issue, okay? Some of these kids aren't turds because they just want to be turds, okay? Some of these kids have have issues. I've got uh, several in my ministry that I think about that that have behavioral issues or developmental issues and need somebody there with them. Uh, Along with that, you're starting to get these increased... Uh, you know, anxiety and depression in these younger kids that is just unprecedented. Um, If you look at the suicide rates for for our age group, it's actually pretty shocking that, you know, when I was 11, wasn't even thinking about that. I was in la-la land doing whatever, but the way that these preteens are being raised and being grown and the things around them are just factoring so heavily into that. Uh, not to mention things like eating disorders um, and anything like that. Like all of these preteens, they're starting to get this, this huge weight of uh, emotional stress and, and, and all these things from culture that are telling them to be this way. And so it's really um, taking a huge toll on them. Uh, another thing that these preteens are dealing with is bullying. Like, you know, bullying's kind of got this, this cliche at this point that I think is really unhealthy for a lot of us, right? We think of, you know, the classic school bully, uh, whatever, knocking your lunch out of your hands, stealing your lunch money, whatever. But these bullies are very impactful in these preteen life. Um, I've had several conversations with students about their bullies, and it's just astounding to see um, first what the bullies get away with, Uh, That's a whole nother rant. I could go on that forever. But second, the impact that has on these students, their self-esteem, how they view themselves, guys. So we need to have a firm foundation. Um, We need to allow these students to know that they have an identity in Christ and in Christ alone, right? Building these students up. And, and taking proactive steps, maybe even meeting with parents. Uh, I, I will go to a school right now and talk to some teachers about some of these kids. And the, the, the things they say because these bullies are just constant. They're constantly picking, constantly nagging, just doing these little things that get under people's skins. And it's not this traditional big bully kind of thing. But it's a very harmful um, thing that you know, leads into these mental health issues and leads into these issues for these kids. Moving on with these kids and basically in their age range, we got to think about the peer pressure. Um, it's just different these days. I mean, we, we've we all dealt with peer pressure. We were all in high school or whatever. We dealt with that. But the peer pressure is growing as society uh, drifts further and further. And as, as opinions and ideas start to cultivate and drift down into these kids, this idea of peer pressure starts to take And it's really interesting to see how it works in the ministry because, I, I, like I said, I have 4th through 6th. And so these 4th graders come in, and you can tell they haven't quite dealt with some peer pressure and some judgment from their peers. Um, And then 5th grade, you can kind of see it seep in. And then by 6th grade, you really start to see these students start changing. They start acting different. Um, They start trying to dress different. They stop being Um, You know, the bubbly, quirky fourth and fifth graders and start being a little more serious, a little toned down. a little too school for cool, if you get what I'm saying. They're too cool. They're too good. Um, And all of a sudden, preteen ministry isn't for them. Luckily, we have a junior high ministry that's great for these kind of students as they move out of sixth grade. But like I said, you can see the effects of peer pressure. These kids start younger and younger getting these uh, pressures to look a certain way, to act a certain way, to dress a certain way, to think a certain way. There's so many pressures, and that stems from another issue, which is technology, okay? I think probably I would say 50% of my students have phones in the fourth, fifth, and sixth grade. So I got my first phone at 12 and it was a track phone. If you guys remember a track phone, you know prepaid phone. Uh, I also washed three or four of them. We won't talk about that. But these—that's uh, what I had. I didn't have a—I a, think I got an iPod, iPod Touch at fifteen, something around those. But you know these kids are eight, nine, ten, eleven, and they're getting these phones and access to the internet that is un. Precedented. And you can't imagine, like all of the, look up the list that I gave, all of those can kind of stem from this technology, you know? Some of them are even on social media. And a lot of parents are, are very proactive in dealing with these issues, right? And they have a lot of guards set up, so that's good, but then some aren't. Um, and still these kids are getting this Access from the technology or computers or, you know, like almost every student's got a laptop at their school at this point, their Chromebooks or whatever. Whatever it is, these kids are getting an influence from technology as well that is putting things in their hands that should not be in their hands, guys. There's so much on the internet and there's so many things and they're starting to deal with these issues of technology. um, And it's just a lot. Like, for an 8-, 9-year-old to be taking in this is, is not great for them. It's not great for their mental health. It's not great for them to be in this, right? Because they're kids. They process things through different lenses, and technology distorts and creates these false images. I'm just thinking social media and the news and all of that that's going on right now. And these kids are seeing this and it's having an impact on who they are. Uh, and lastly, I, I wanted to tag this one in because it's very pertinent right now, and it's social issues, guys. Race, politics, gender identity, um, social justice issues. It doesn't matter where you stand on those, left, right, middle, whatever, wherever you're at. What matters is that these kids are dealing with these issues at a much younger age, okay? I remember when I was 11, I probably couldn't have told you who the president was. I don't know if I could tell you now who it was 10 years ago. Ah, who knows? Either way. I don't, I don't remember there being these big issues. I don't remember um, all of this because I was not involved in it. Now, looking back, I know Barack Obama's election was a big deal. Being a part of Donald Trump's election was a big deal. But I didn't notice that as a 10-year-old because I was 10 and I was in my world. But this phenomenon is happening where these students are getting these political ideologies, um, these ideas on how to view the world that are – really honestly extreme. I've actually two weeks in a row now had to stop my students as they started just chanting hateful things towards our current president. Um, And and at the end of the day, like I said, I don't care where you stand. These students um, were actually like literally chanting, I hate Joe Biden. And when you think about that, these 10-year-olds, 10-year-old kids are chanting this. Because of the influence of technology and people around them and culture, it's just insane to think that these kids have already developed such a deeply ingrained um, opinion on something that they're 10 They have no idea about. They don't know, but they're still here dealing with these issues. So going through this list, guys. How can we approach these? How can we approach social issues like race and politics and gender identity that are so inverse to our beliefs? How can we approach those? What can we do? Next week, we're we're going we're gonna to dive into it. Don't worry. I'm not going to leave you guys hanging here. But uh, obviously, this has gone on for a while, and I don't want to have a 30-minute podcast episode. And I don't think you guys would either. But at the end of the day, I want you guys to spend this week thinking, like, what can we do? How can we tackle issues like divorce uh, or mental illnesses or uh, developmental issues or race? How do we approach these with our preteens? Because the reality is we're not going to be able to pretend like they're not there and just have the issues go away. If anything, that will just bottle them up inside our students, and they'll have to deal with that a different way. So how can we as preteen pastors become a safe place for students to deal with these new cultural issues that are starting to really show up in society and in their lives? So that's it for this week. Like I said, we're going to jump into next week and look at how we can really become a safe space for these students. So I really hope to see you guys here, and I cannot wait. For that. Uh, I will see you guys next week. Later.